Hey, Ben. How are you? Uh, I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing good. Using a microphone tonight? I'm using a microphone. I, if, if the if you guys don't know, we have a we have a podcast. We post this. Um, I think it's a week from today. Uh, the the live Q and A show from the previous week on the on the podcast. If uh, forever for whoever misses it live, or if you want to uh, go back and and listen, you can check that out. Uh, but real quick, I want to just I want to start off the show, uh, and I think we're going to do this uh, from here on out. Just give us a, an update of, of what you're seeing in the office. You often see new and interesting things. Kind of what's interesting to you? What what have you seen lately? Uh, well, we we always have new great patients, and we've got many new patients already the first two days of the week, and uh, we just see a little bit of everything. It's just uh, exciting to learn and meet new people. Met a new beekeeper uh, as a patient today, and um, he has over 100 hives, so I'm sure I'm, I'm going to be purchasing honey from him, raw, unpasteurized, local honey, which we hope to have in our offices uh, uh, by springtime. So that's going to be exciting. There's so many healing powers to honey. Um, we always see interesting cases. It seems like um, I'm seeing a lot of long COVID cases. I think we're going to be having having a lot of that in the next few years, uh, you know, but the good news is I've only treated personally one COVID patient this week. So, mm. and that was by telemedicine yesterday. So, um, so that was good news. So we're definitely on the tail end of this, um, this COVID pandemic. You really shouldn't even call it a pandemic now. Um, of course, they need to open everything up everywhere, forget the mandates, just go on and like live life. It's like it's supposed to be lived. Um, there's some new news as of this week. Um, they have uh, determined that the vaccine for kids 5 to 11 is, is uh, fairly useless. In fact, is useless. So it may protect them somewhat for about a month and that's it. So um, that was uh startling news to the cdc and everybody but uh, not to us of course we kids weren't getting sick with COVID anyway too much um, i'm sure if you're a pediatrician listening and are you working the unit you're going to see some sick kids with everything but the fact is there's just not many uh seriously ill kids with COVID. and fortunately pfizer has pulled back their recommendation for uh immunizing we're giving the vaccine to four-month-olds to five-year-olds. That's off the table as of right now. So we hope that, um, you know, uh, they either come up with a better vaccine or just, you know, let these kids develop that natural immunity that by far surpasses the uh, immunity from the vaccine. So, again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just seeing what I'm seeing and using common sense and having treated so much COVID over the last two years and, seeing um, some of the results of the vaccine, the inefficiencies of it, and the lack of prevention of transmission. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been kind of a nightmare. Um, you know, I wish it was better, but it just frankly hasn't been. And so, um, so it's good news for those young kids. Maybe they won't have to undergo the vaccine like, you know, everybody's been pushing. So, uh, but it's, it should be your own decision, you know, not, not mandated for sure. And uh, uh, maybe we'll come up with something better. That's what we're hoping. And I hope we're at the end of COVID as we knew it for the last two years. I'm sure there's going to be another bug at some point, another virus, 
they mutate, there's new ones that form. And the news is to take care of yourself, take care of your own immune system, you know, and, and let your kids develop their immune system. Um, and, you know, uh, <laughs> so that's my feeling about it. It's controversial, but, you know, um, this is not medical advice. You can take it or leave it. It's just my common sense and experience uh, speaking. So, uh, but make your own decisions, you know. So, but yeah, we've had a great week, Ben. Wonderful. Well, it's it's, it's super, you know, exciting to hear that, um, you know, you're seeing less and less of that. Um, so I, I'm very hopeful, as are you, uh, that we're, uh, we're at the end of this. So, uh, you know, like, like you said, the, the big message here and, and what we've been uh, preaching and will continue to preach is, you know, the importance of taking care of your, of your own health. Uh, hopefully, you know, this, you know, this Q and a show, this, this mm. community here can be helpful in um, and in getting people, uh, to, to live that type of life and, uh, at least that's our aim here uh, every single Tuesday. But, Doc, what, what do you think about getting into the show? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. I'm ready. All right. This is a – I want to put this first because this is a, a clarification question, and I really liked it because uh, I think there's always going to be some confusion around uh, vitamin D with K, K1 versus K2. Um, the question is, do I need to take both K1 or K2 if working on bone health or should it just take, or should I just take the K2 and leave off the K1? So the I would take the combination. Um, you know, the, the one I like the best has MK7 in it. Uh, so it needs to have all of them. So the more, the better. Um, certainly I wouldn't leave off the K1 if it has it in there, but, um, the one that's been the most studied and been shown to be the most efficacious is the MK7. Uh, but as you know, vitamin K helps the vitamin D bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries. But as a lot of uh, heart protection and bone and joint protection. So uh, take the combination. Uh, so are, are you taking the vitamin D with K as well as the MK7 every day? Um, my D with K has the uh, K1, 2, and MK7. Got it. Okay. Um, so the uh, so the vitamin D with K should a form should, of yeah form of MK seven. Yeah. Okay. And and for those uh, who are wondering, I, I believe you're taking the the life extension version of it, um, and we'll right. update uh, people if that if that changes. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, one that came from Instagram. Um, what supplement would you recommend for adrenal support? There's a lot of good supplements for adrenal support. Um, adrenal adaptogens by Life Extension is really good. Um, but, you know, of course, you can always use rhodiola, L-theanine. Um, uh, you can take, let's see what other ones. Um, gosh, I'm blanking out on um, on one. I guess I'll get back to it. But uh, maybe I didn't take my Cognitex today. But, uh <laughs> But those are the main ones that I like. That It has a combination. Ashwagandha, that's what I was. Ashwagandha, rhodiola, L-theanine, ginseng. Um, but Would we you, do have a good adrenal adaptogen. And it helps it whether your cortisol level is high or low. Um, so uh, it, it's it's very helpful. But, you know, look at your lifestyle, too. Um, 
And by lifestyle, you can't rely on any pill or vitamin to to replace exercise and good sleep and dietary habits and stress reduction. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my favorite quotes from uh, from the Common Sense MD today was uh, eating eating well and um, and exercising is better than any any medicine I could ever give you, and. Uh, yeah. And I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and you know, there's lots Did of... Did I make that quote? I think I made that quote, didn't I? Yeah, it's your quote. Okay, good. I, I'm quoting you. Write that down. <laughs> Put it in the archives. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to uh, PCOS. Uh, this is a very common question. Uh, what's the, the best treatment uh, for PCOS? Well, number one, make sure you have PCOS, and um, which is a metabolic problem um you know the diagnosis is really through uh, pelvic ultrasound and you see these um i mean all these little cysts on your ovaries they look like a string of pearls if you look at it through an ultrasound but it varies a lot but that's kind of the the sine qua non of uh the diagnosis but what it causes is metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, high testosterone, um, pre-diabetes, infertility, crazy PMS, weird periods. Uh, it leads to obesity, diabetes, infertility, acne, hair growth in places you don't want, like on your arms. Um, so the treatment is multifactorial. Uh, metformin is surely, you know, that, that standard anti-aging medicine for diabetes that we always use first line is great. Um, then I usually will add spironolactone. It's a, um, a diuretic really that um, doesn't mess up with your potassium. And it's not as strong a diuretic as something like Lasix, but it, it seems to work really well for getting those dihydrotestosterone levels down that cause a lot of the, the symptoms in these girls uh, and young women like acne and hair growth um, and maybe some of the, the uh, fluid retention that comes with it. So you need a thorough workup. You need to be on a metabolic plan. You need a lower carbohydrate diet. And sometimes I'll even add medicines like uh, GLP-1 inhibitors like Ozempic and, and uh, that group of medications. So, um, love to treat PCOS, very treatable. Can you, um, j just because I, I didn't clarify beforehand, can you explain what PCOS is, uh, for the people who don't know? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. And like I say, it's, it's a metabolic syndrome, um, of insulin resistance. Mm. Um, and those, those, cysts or, or follicles trying to erupt and they just won't erupt and, and release the eggs that's why you have infertility with it um so very very serious but treatable disease you gotta approach it from a lot of different angles all right thank you for for that question um let's go to uh this is a, a covid question um, can COVID cause a flare-up of neuropathic pain? Example, herniated disc pain. If so, what are the best medications for this? Yeah, definitely. You know, we, we've seen a lot of shingles uh, flared up from COVID. Um, 
a lot of neuropathies. Um, if you watched my podcast in the day, I, I've got a feeling we're going to see a lot more Parkinson's disease uh, and MS from uh, the COVID thing. It, it seems to hyperstimulate your sympathetic nervous system and can cause a lot of gut dysfunction. A lot of long COVID can be blamed on gut dysbiosis. So that's the first thing I look at and try to you know, get that straightened out. But yeah, I've seen a, a lot of this. It seems to go to your weakest spot. So if you have a ruptured disc, it's kind of calmed down a little bit. You get COVID, which is an inflammatory uh, reaction and then leads to blood clotting problems, uh, inflamed blood vessels, uh, which supply your whole body. So sure, it can flare up a weak point. I've seen it many, many times. Uh, all right. Thank you for, for that. And treatment. Um, I mean, gosh, you know, it's, it's just multifactorial. Um, I still use ivermectin for long haulers. I use a lot of NAC, high dose omega threes, uh, IGY, um, you know, look at the gut and, uh, treat the inflammation. Hmm. Um, all right. Uh, great question there. Let's go to, this is a, um, this is a different one. We haven't talked about uh, this. This came over uh, through email. Um, and the topic here is mild hyperbaric treatments. And, uh, and I think the question is around uh, they're thinking about getting a, uh, a home hyperbaric uh, capsule and, you know, wanting to figure out if that's the right thing to do. Uh, so, for example, if it's a soft-sided capsule, it could be – so he's hearing some negative things around it. Uh, it's a, if it's a soft-sided capsule, it could potentially have bacterial or mold growth that a hard-sided capsule would not. Um, and then it goes on to say, also, I'm not exactly sure how the O2 is achieved because you would not have O2 tanks for home use. So the question is around home use uh, of a hyperbaric chamber versus, you know, going to a yeah. medical practice. Yeah. Who, who might have I would it. love to have a, a real hyperbaric chamber in my office. Someday we probably will, but... Um, and the hard shells are definitely better. You get more oxygen pressure in there. It's pressurized O2. Um, you can generate oxygen. You don't have to have a tank. You can generate it through electricity. You know, uh, I've got an oxygen uh, concentrator in the office that sometimes I'll use for patients with migraine headaches or just for recovery while I'm giving them an IV after a strenuous run or bike ride, et cetera. Um, but, um, yeah, with the, you know, I prefer the hard shells. I'm not against the soft shells. I have friends that have them in their home. I think Lance Armstrong may have a few for sale that he used to use uh, for his training for the Tour de France, but, um, which helped him, I think, along with a few other things probably. But, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, they're nice. They're not as good as the hard shell ones for sure. Um, but you'd have to clean them. It's probably easier to clean a hard shell than a soft shell. So I'm sure, you know, if you don't watch out for it, you, if you got it wet, you could have mold in it and, and all, but, uh, you've actually been in one bin yeah. uh, for remember from yeah. some of your, uh, when you play professional tennis and, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for hyperbaric oxygen. It's good. The hard shells are better if you can get one, but, It'd be hard to afford for yourself and your house, probably. Um, but uh, 
A lot of people have the soft shells at their at their home. Is it just for uh, the way I've used it is for speedy recovery? Uh, so if yeah, you if you have an injury, uh, just trying to expedite the recovery from it is that kind of how people well, are using it? Well, you can use it for a lot of things. I mean, chronic illnesses, fatigue, healing of wounds, ulcers. Um, you know, it's it really works pretty efficiently hmm. um, for a lot of different things. Uh, it's mostly used in hospitals for wound care. And uh, I, I used to use, I send some, some of the football players in for after a concussion, it seemed to speed up the recovery a lot. That's interesting. Um, some athletes sleep in them to adapt uh, to high altitude training. Uh, my uh, the the uh, example I remember the most is Terrell Owens. Uh, I think he like broke his ankle to uh, in the you know the conference championship or whatever they won, and for two weeks I think he he had two weeks, and I think he like s- spent. 12 hours a day in the hyperbaric uh, chamber and uh, he was able to play in the Super Bowl two weeks later with the I think it's a broken ankle or something we'll have to ask our athletic director at our local high school Frankie uh, who was his coach in college and who actually inducted him into the pro football hall of fame Uh, Frankie did so one of Frankie's claims of fame. The other one is he won a national championship as a quarterback at Furman. So, you know, we have a, we have a, a star in, uh, in Frankie at Dobbins Bennett. So. I love it. It's funny you mentioned T.O. He was <laughs> great. He's a great player. And, uh, but Bian- he did use the hyperbaric. A lot of athletes do. Well, Bianca's saying Derrick Henry used it daily this season. I, I believe it. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah. you know, probably a, a great thing to use on a daily basis if you can. Um, all right, let's let's jump into the comments, guys. Um, I see that we got a, a few new faces, which I'm super pumped about and appreciative of. It seems uh, Kathy's a first time uh, uh, watcher, so thank you, Kathy, for for hanging out with us. And, uh, and and man, we're just so glad that you guys, uh, all the returning uh, faces, thank you guys for hanging out with us again this Tuesday evening. Uh, we're gonna jump right into it, guys, uh, and, and get some questions in. Let's see where we will start with uh, Carrie's question on Facebook. Um, is MCT oil worth the calories? Probably. Depends on what you're using it for. But, um, you know, I, I stopped putting it in my coffee. I stopped making bulletproof coffee in the mornings because I decided to do intermittent fasting, and that will, you know, kind of pull you out of fasting a little bit. But um, it's got a lot of good uses. You know, if you're certainly if you have cognitive decline, it works really well. Uh, but you're right. If you're trying to, to fast and lose weight, you know, you may want to look at how you do with that. But um, it stands for medium chain triglycerides, which is a healthy fat. But um, I do like MCT oil. Um, if, you, if you're not worried about losing weight, um, it's fine. Again, it's a good fat. So just eat less carbs. You know, I'm always, I see a lot of weight loss patients, of course, every day. And I want them on a high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet. And certainly, so if you're replacing some of the carbs, high glycemic carbs, especially with MCT oil, you're doing yourself a favor. Great for your brain. Mm. Really, really good for your brain. No disputing that. How would you? And it kind of fills you up too, so you may not be 
hungry. Well, um, I'll still put it in my, sometimes I'll drink an after lunch coffee and I'll, I'll pour a little bit of MCT oil in it. So that's um, when you would use it if you weren't, uh, if you were intermittent fasting. If I, yeah. And if I was worried about my weight. Okay. You know. um, so yeah. All Great right. Question. Thank you for that question, Carrie. Um, let's get to, to Kathy's question. Um, Kathy uh, asked, first time watching, thank you. Uh, what has been the best approach with treating long COVID neurological symptoms? That's a great question because we see a lot of that. Um, and like I said in my podcast today, I'm convinced we're going to be see a lot of Parkinson's uh, down the line from this. Um, you know, because it's a disease of inflammation and it inflames your blood vessels as well. And the, your most important blood vessels are in your brain, then in your heart. Um, and remember, brain health mirrors heart health. So, um, of course, NAC, when I see long COVID, um, I definitely put everybody on N-acetylcysteine and uh, high-dose omega-3s. You need, you need uh, four grams of omega-3s. Um, and other things I'll do, Cognitex, which is a great vitamin that has pregnenolone and phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylserine. Um, and there, there's some other stuff that you could use, certainly. It just depends on the degree of, of uh, neurologic symptoms, whether it be headaches, neuropathies. The, the B vitamins seem to be pretty helpful in treating neuropathies. Um, especially, especially folate, you know, folate's one of those things that I measure all the time. And most people don't have optimal levels of folate and they don't look at their methylation status. So check your MTHFR uh, gene, which we do with the Cleveland heart panel and you take your methylated uh, B vitamins. If you're uh, deficient uh, or especially if your homocysteine levels high, so, and sometimes I admit I've even used other medications for long COVID, like Provigil, Medinafil, uh, for alertness. Um, it's worked. Um, I've even tried LDN a couple of times, and it seems to be okay. Um, I like IGY. Again, look at the gut first. Um, there's a huge gut-brain connection. Think the vagus nerve. I think we did a podcast on the vagus nerve and how important it is. Uh, you want to ramp up your parasympathetic nervous system and ramp down your sympathetic nervous system. Uh, so other, I think Ernie Dixon, our physical yeah. therapist, does some uh, uh, electro uh, treatments uh, that are pretty cool to calm you down a little bit uh, and ramp up that parasympathetic nervous system. Did you do a podcast with him one time? We did. Outside the box about, we did. We we went over that. Go back that, to that one. We we went over that. Uh, basically, how he does it, and we we videoed him actually yeah. uh, treating a patient with yeah. it. Uh, so it is super fascinating. Uh, the the vagus nerve is, and it it, it was a buzzword for for a while there during COVID. I feel like, uh, and it's it's something that more people should pay attention to. It seems. Yeah, and if if you clean up your diet and don't eat sugar, uh, even a ketogenic diet for a while seems to help it too. Mm. I had one lady that really cleared up fast when she cut out all sugar and processed foods. All her symptoms were better in two days. So, um, but hope that helps. 
All right, Kathy, thank you for, for that question. Uh, let's go to Rose on uh, YouTube. Uh, Rose asks, what does the doctor recommend for a knee arthritis having, having is so bad? And I want to thank you for explaining everything on your, on your website. Take a lot of vitamins, vitamin D, C, zinc, and omega-3. Uh, so it seems, you know, what do you typically recommend for knee arthritis, uh, I guess, from a, a supplement standpoint? Oh, uh, curcumin, which is turmeric and appeal. That's my favorite one. I, I like uh, MSM. Mm. Uh, if you get uh, glucosamine with chondroitin, make sure it has MSM in it. You can even take it by itself. We have supplements uh, by Life Extension that has that in it. Um, so I think a combination of that as far as the natural stuff um, depends on your age and what the shape of your knee is, how much cartilage you have in it. I scheduled a lady today uh, for her second PRP treatment on her knee. The first one, which was a year ago, has worked really well. And we're going to do another PRP treatment injection to her knee. Um, so uh, those are some things you can do. And if you're overweight, lose weight. Every pound you put on puts five pounds of pressure on your knee. So maintain a lean weight. Uh, don't you know, pound your knees by jogging. Uh, I prefer biking and walking and yoga and uh, weightlifting and flex bands and rowing machines, things like that, other than just pounding your knees on the pavement every day. I had to stop running because uh, I'm 67 years old. I'm old. <laughs> I don't need to be running unless somebody's chasing me. Is I want to be able to run if somebody's chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I was riding my bike at the weather's turned and the weather's great. And um, right after work today, I jumped on my bike and rode around for about an hour. And um, I actually went by the track, the high school track, thinking, I, I feel so good. I think I'm going to do a few sprints on this on our rubberized track surface. But then there were too many people out there. I didn't want to go out there for the first time and embarrass myself the <laughs> sprinting and because I don't know how I want to do with the sprints yet. So, uh, biking fine. I can do it. I'm not sure about sprinting right now. So I'll, I'll the, the day I get on there, I'll let you know. No, we're, we're going to film, we're going to film the day you get on there and we're going to, we're, we're going to make a, a video out, out of it, but I gotta, I gotta no, put I, this up there. I don't think it'll be, it won't be filmed and I, it'll be at night when <laughs> down there, but well, I, I want to put this up here because my, my best friends are having dinner together tonight, and uh, Kyle Ward JP and, and JP Kyle, Smith, two of the greatest humans that I've ever met. I, I uh, love these guys. Uh, you're the best. And I actually went down and saw JP and Del Rey. That's right. Uh, played professional tennis, and uh, that was a great time. I really liked it down there <laughs> at the Del Rey tournament. And JP played wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's by far the best player best doubles player that I saw out there uh, the whole time. So good luck in your future tournaments. Uh, I think you did pretty well in Acapulco and, um, you know, so good to good to talk to you guys. I hope to see you soon, Kyle. Thanks so much for for uh, being in here, uh, JP. I hope you're uh, having a good night tonight, uh, Kyle. JP's from Australia, a country yep. that um, has just really totally bumfuzzled me with their COVID uh, rules. I, I I always thought that Australia was a kind of kickback surfer dude, you know. Um, free country but man they really locked it up during covid they did they you did know, i cannot want to believe what they did to Djokovic. that was a total just 
mess, in my opinion. I just could not believe the way Australia did. I mean, I know you're you're kind of bummed about it, JP. I don't know because I love Australia, and Ben's been he's played down there. And, uh, man, I hope they <laughs> they get get woke. I don't know what I mean by woke, but I hope they you know get over it and lift all those mandates and stuff like that, and you know we start living again. Uh, I know it's affected the pro tennis it has. tour for a bunch of people. It's been hard. It has. Let's get to a question here. Um, Kathy Grover um, asks, is Lunesta a good sleep aid, or what do you think is the best one? Um, Lunesta will put you to sleep, I'll tell you that from personal experience. I do like it better than Ambien if you have to take a, a prescription sleep medicine. Again, the question is whether it's better not to sleep at all or to uh, get a decent night's sleep on a on a drug, but um, I don't like amine. It causes too much uh, amnesia, maybe even dementia in the long run, who knows, but people do crazy things on Ambien. Now, Lunesta is in the same class. It's a, called a Z drug, but it's a lot cleaner than Ambien for sure and, and much better from personal experience, believe me. Um, but, uh, cause I admit I took Lunesta for quite a long time and I was able to get off of it. I don't really think it's physiologically habit forming. Um, I had an easy time just stopping it. Um, but there is, there's some new, what they call orexin drugs coming out for this. So stay tuned. I think there's something a lot better. Um, they may not put you out as quickly as Lunesta does, but, uh, and you may, you know, dream a little bit more on Lunesta, but, um, you know, if you've tried everything else like, um, melatonin and, uh, GABA and, uh, maybe even a little Zyrtec for women, I love progesterone for it. Um, sometimes Rolora, which is another good, uh, kind of adrenal adaptogen. I, I like Rolora. Um, I like L-theanine if you have a lot of um, you know, mind turnover at night, you can't relax and all, but I think a good, uh, bedtime routine is, is good. And I like my, can you see my aura ring? I use yeah. my aura ring. Ben has one too. And that really helped you, it, um, with your sleep patterns, how much REM. So you can play around with it a little bit. What I do find with my aura ring is that Lunessa will get me to sleep. I won't, I'll sleep six hours on the dot. Then I wake up. I can't sleep any longer than that on Lunesta. And I don't get a lot of deep sleep with, with Lunesta. My rim's up pretty good, but the deep sleep, not really. Um, so I like a good combination of, um, uh, I, I like melatonin and uh, L-theanine. And uh, sometimes I will take half a Zyrtec. Uh, especially during allergy season, definitely took it during COVID, of course. But um, but anyway, so I hope that helps you. So stay tuned for the new stuff coming out, and uh, consider taking checking your hormones and maybe taking some progesterone. It's the only oral hormone that I really like to use at all, and it's again, it's a natural progesterone. It's not medroxy progesterone. So uh, great sleep, so important. And Ben has uh, uh, outside the boxers going to about uh, learning how to breathe through your nose and also some uh, long COVID information for sleep. Um, you know, so, there's that, uh, uh, 
there's the the episode we did with with Zach Kramer on sleep apnea, and I, I want to get to to Rachel's question. Um, Rachel, of course, is is in our Johnson City office. You'll see her if you uh, if you go into to that location. Rachel asks, is it true that if you have the Alzheimer's gene in your family, that melatonin increases your risk? And we're putting this up there right now just because we've been talking about melatonin in sleep. Uh, obviously, melatonin is something we highly recommend. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? No, I don't really believe that. I just really don't. I mean, it, you're at risk for Alzheimer's if you're not sleeping. Um, so, um, again, read the book. Um, I'm not sure where you picked that up, but uh, read the book, uh, The End of Alzheimer's by Dr. Bredesen. gives you a lot of good tips. Alzheimer's is a disease that's multifactorial. Um, again, it's probably more environmental than genetic for sure, but um, that's a great book with a lot of good tips in it, but I just don't believe that in that correlation. I just, you know, I have to, if I, if I do, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated on it, but um, so. Well, um, one of the one of the best things about the the aura ring I've found is just the the sheer tracking of it. You know, you wake up and the first thing you do is you figure out, okay, how was my night's sleep? And it kind of goes with the whole, you know, what gets uh, what gets managed get or what's get measured, you know, goes up or whatever. But my my sleep has has gotten better as I've been tracking it because um, I change, yeah. you know, what I do at night. Uh, you know, if, if that's affecting how I sleep the next day. And your heart rate variability is much better than mine. Um, of course, you're a lot younger and in better shape, but that's important. And it gives you a really good readout. It's probably the most accurate device out there for heart rate variability. Uh, and also body temperature at night, which is important. And if you're if you're running hot, you need to cool your room down or get out from some of the covers. But um uh, it's just interesting. And in women, this aura ring can a lot of times predict, predict your most fertile times and stuff. So predict your periods and stuff. So it's pretty cool. And it's going to have the new, the new app is going to have a, uh, an oxygen monitor on it too. Uh, for um, O2 so that's going to be really good. O2 sats. Yeah. Huh. It's going to have an oxygen monitor that will tell you what your oxygen levels are doing, which I think will be very helpful in diagnosing some sleep apnea patients. Um, Super cool. So, well, let's get to. I don't know if Zach uses Zach uses one or not, but you know he's a guy that would benefit I, from an aura ring or I, a whoop ring, at, you know, at the least. He, he probably uses a whoop, I would imagine, um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's a great question. Um, let's get to Aram's question here. Um, what about serapeptase for inflammation? What's your thoughts on that? You know, I, I forget about serapeptase, but that's a really good supplement. You know, I should have mentioned that. Uh, and Rom's always putting on something good for me, so he's on top of it. Um, I like to see his medicine cabinet because I bet it's full of vitamins. It probably it probably yeah. looks similar to Evangelons. You know, Evangel Evangelons. I still have his. What do you have? A, we need to have a contest between those. Two. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a great um, uh, comment there, Rom. Thank you for that. We probably yeah, that's one you don't think about, but very anti-inflammatory. Love um, it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to let's go to this because this is interesting. Um, Shelly asked, any recommendations for those that haven't had COVID? And uh, you and I, 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 I wanted to put this up because, you know, we had a conversation uh, this weekend just you know, about who do we know that hasn't had it, um, you know, and the, the number's pretty low. Um, what's your thoughts uh, on this? 
Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, you may have had it and didn't know it. Come in to one of our offices and get a uh, an antibody test just to see if you've had it. Um, you know, just it'd be interesting because uh, you may have. I've checked many that that had antibodies that never knew they had COVID. Um, you know, um, we have. I think we have thirty employees at Performance Medicine, and I think every single one of them, maybe one person, one of the real younger ones, didn't have it, but. All the rest of us had it, vaccinated or unvaccinated. It didn't matter. Um, everybody got it, sometimes twice. And so, you know, you almost like <laughs> you would almost have prayed that you'd gotten uh, Omicron to get it over with. It tended to be a pretty light version of it. But I guess, you know, if I had to choose, I'd probably you know, wouldn't choose to get it either. Just, you know, I wish my immune system was so good that didn't even get it, but that's very few people. Uh, but congratulations. And, you know, uh, don't live in fear of it. If you get it early, remember early treatment. And uh, even with these new lighter variants, I, I still treat. Um, um, uh, let's, let's get to a, and so I'm, I'm assuming the, the answer to your question there is check for antibodies just to make sure you actually haven't had it. And then I would imagine the other, the other answer would be just to, you know, stick to your vitamin regimen, um, keep your immune system strong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to, uh, another question here. Let's go to Kathy on Facebook. Um, Kathy, thank you for hanging out this week. Uh, what is the best way to detox your system safely? Well, I wish you could see a picture of my um, infrared sauna right over in the corner there, but you can't. Uh, but I love the infrared sauna. Um, drinking a lot of water, getting fresh air, sweating. Those are the safest, best natural ways to detox your system. Let's oh, there a picture of my sauna right there. Uh, thank you. Um, but that's the best way to get it. I mean, you can, you know, again, milk thistles are good for your liver. Um, gosh, there's all kinds of, you know, detoxification programs. A lot of it depends on, you know, if you've had a lot of exposure to heavy metals and, and different things. Uh, you know, it depends on the chronicity of your condition or what it you might have. Um, but that, those are the most natural ways you can do it. Um, but, uh, pure water, eat organic, you know, um, sweat a lot, get a good night's sleep, prevent inflammation. Um, you know, you may not have to under, I think fasting is a good detoxification method yeah. too. I love fasting, whether it's intermittent or you want to go a couple, three days. Had a patient today today that just got off a five day fast. I don't think I could do it, but you know they. they I felt I do great think I, that's one of the the major benefits to to fasting is is the detox. Um, I guess it's the most natural way to detox, just to you know yeah. not taking anything uh, more in. Um, yeah. Let's get to to Motaz's question. Motaz, what's up, man? We love Motaz, it when, when you're hanging here. out with us. Um, Motaz asks, what are the best practices to combat or possible, or if possible reverse insulin resistance? Uh, no, ask that one more time. Cause it's a, it's a really good question. What are the best practices to combat or if possible reverse insulin resistance? Weight is unstable 
and in the normal range as it has been for years? Yeah. Well, of course, the best thing to do, and that's a great question because insulin is the key to a lot of things. It's not cholesterol, it's insulin that's the most important measure. Um, so, and what happens with insulin resistance is that, um, which is a precursor to diabetes, is, um, and, and some of it can be genetically predisposed, but a lot of times just by the way you eat. You know, if you eat too many carbs, your insulin level has to keep going up to bring the sugar levels down in your blood, put the blood sugar in your cells for energy. So if you keep eating too many carbs um, or have a family history of insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, diabetes, then what happens is your insulin level keeps going up to keep the blood sugar stable. So it looks like your sugars are stable because your A1C is staying the same. But actually, if you measure the insulin levels, both fasting and one to two hours postprandial, meaning after you eat, um, if it jumps way up, you're insulin resistant. So your insulin isn't working as good as it used to. It's getting too much work and it's ha you're having to recruit more insulin to keep the blood sugar the same. And finally, boom, it won't work at all. You have diabetes. Uh, but I like as far as supplements, so low carbs, you know, what's the glycemic index? And uh, also berberine is a good natural way to help insulin resistance. Um, and then of course, medications like metformin and then, um, uh, the, uh, GLT, uh, agony, like Ozempic that we use so much for weight loss. So, and you know, weight is, uh, not the best way to measure uh, how your what kind of shape you're in or how your insulin resistance, a good way to measure insulin resistance just by looking at you. If you have belly fat, you've got insulin resistance. So it's not. BMI or even weight, really, um, it's it's more waist size. So if you're a man, you should have a one-to-one -one waist to hip ratio. If you're a woman, 0.8, their hips are wider than men. So uh, if your waist is expanding, uh, you need to think, hey, I think I'm in some resistance and start doing those things. And uh, lifting weights, remember, muscle burns fat for 36 hours after you lift. Um, after you do aerobic exercise, you know, an hour later, you're, unless you really kill it and do a lot of hit training, then you're back at baseline. So you need some kind of muscle building resistance exercises. Um, and last time I saw, you know, Motaz, he was, he was jacked. He was pretty muscular. <laughs> I hope he's still jacked. <laughs> Out of curiosity, how do you know if you've successfully reversed insulin resistance is, is like belly fat just gone or is there belly fat's gone you can check your levels okay you know and you'll stop craving carbs hmm. you know um and that's why i like uh intermittent fasting but great question well, thank, thank you for that uh motaz um let's get to get back to facebook here um Bentha asks, do you have any thoughts on liquid collagen versus pill or powder? Um, you know, liquid collagen, you can put on your face and uh, you can certainly put it in smoothies, etc. Um, I don't know. I, my gut feeling for some reason is that the powder works the best with fluid. I think it probably gets in the best. I, um, and I haven't seen a lot of liquid collagen 
supplements myself. Maybe there's some good ones out there, but I think the powder probably would be my favorite. Uh, I know I like the keto collagen that, that we carry. I, I like it a lot. I certainly use it and um, tastes pretty good too. All right, Betha, thank you for that question. I also see that a uh, huge shout out to Dr. Denise Sammons. Uh, she is with us tonight. Thank hey, you Denise. so much for hanging out uh, this Tuesday evening, uh, Dr. Sammons. Uh, she's uh, commenting on uh, oxygen levels. I'm sure it's about the hyperbaric, so pay attention to what she says, guys. Uh, yep. She is a rock star. Um, let's, go to, um, let's go to Janet on YouTube. I know that wheat is not healthy. What about the super greens supplements that have wheatgrass in them? I'm looking for one to put in, put in a smoothie as it's hard to get all the greens I need in my diet. Great question. Yeah. Um, some of them do have wheatgrass. You know, it just depends on how sensitive you are to wheat. Um, but yeah, um, depends on where the wheat come from, comes from and how it's grown. You know, wheat used to be... Um, a lot different plant than it is nowadays. Wheat's just the way they GMO it. It's just um, it's just inflammatory, and, and most uh, humans just can't tolerate it on their gut. Uh, so it's too inflammatory. You can try, you know, just try use some different ones. There's some. Um, I'm not, you know, I've just ordered ordered some uh, some for myself for uh, from Orthomolecular. So I'll, I'll double check and see. I think that's going to be a really, when I looked at ingredients on that, it, it really looks good. I've used athletic greens in the past. That I like, but I'm looking forward to the orthomolecular product. They, they just, I mean, they, their substances are, are just so pure and healthy that um, they're amazing. So see how your gut responds, see how your inflammatory markers do with the wheatgrass um so i think it's a little bit type different type of thing i'll bet you'll be able to tolerate the wheatgrass in there but um check out the orthomolecular product because i'll have those in my office very soon uh thank you for that janet and uh, real quick um kathy is asking what test do you do you check to see if you are diabetic uh what is kind of your go-to way of doing that real quick because i know that's a, that's um, a common question yeah well um, they used to use a glucose tolerance test, but that's not necessary anymore, really. I, on our, pretty much, if you come in and get a Cleveland, uh, I'll, I'll be able to tell you because I'll look at your uh, insulin levels and your hemoglobin A1C, which is a three-month measure of your average sugar. Um, pretty much, if, you, if your sugar um, is over 140 about any time, fasting or non-fasting, you're pretty much... I'm going to call you a diabetic. Um, so, you know, if your fasting sugar on a blood stick is under 100, you're probably not diabetic. But uh, come in and get a Cleveland. I, I get a really good feel for whether you're not a diabetic on that. And, you know, a lot of people are pre-diabetic, and you can kind of predict predict it. Sometimes I'll run other tests like a C-peptide and some things, you know. If you're a type one, you're pretty much going to know it because you're going to have really high sugars and weight loss. You're going to be urinating all the time and uh, thirsty. 95% of diabetes is type two, uh, what they used to call adult onset. And uh, it's more related to uh, what you eat and obesity 
type one has nothing to do with what you eat. Um, um, as thank far you as for, the onset. for that question, Kathy. And, and for those who um, aren't local to uh, one of the performance medicine offices, uh, the Cleveland Heart Panel is through Quest Labs. So there's Quest Labs all over the country. Um, and, you know, ask for the Cleveland Heart Panels. It's definitely the, the, the most comprehensive test that, that we run uh, at all of our locations. So uh, that's available to, to anyone wherever you're at. Um, okay, let's get this in real quick from Quinn. Um, she asked, my mom has MS, wondering what the best vitamin regimen for her would be. Uh, she also has high liver enzymes at the moment. Any thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, you know, of course, vitamin D, vitamin C, omega-3s, probiotics, magnesium at night. Um, you know, we've had pretty much success with LDN, low-dose naltrexone. It's a prescription kind of outside-the-box treatment uh, for MS. Um, and if you listen to my podcast on uh, cannabis last week, I think cannabis is going to be a pretty effective treatment for uh, MS, um, you know, which can be mild and it can be more severe, but, uh, great question. Um, all right. There's the, the healing power. Great picture too. Great picture <laughs> right beside a marijuana leaf, which I've never smoked personally, but, um, uh, I, I, I want to get this in from candy. Um, I, I, I get keto collagen from your office. Um, can you maybe suggest a pill form? So this is in response, you know, obviously you said you like the powder, uh, but lots of people oh, might not okay. like the taste. Um, what's yeah. your thoughts on um, this? You know, we have these gummies in there that uh, you can chew up a couple to four a day and they taste really good. So get some of the gummies. Um, you probably get a little bit more collagen in there, but I think they may even make a capsule. Um, and the, from so, Life Extension? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank I'll you find for, out for you, though. Thank you for that, Candy. Um, let's get this in. I want to get this from Lisa. Uh, Lisa, I saw that you shared the, the broadcast. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. All the sharers out there, we really do appreciate it. Um, Lisa asks, are there any vitamins someone with malignant hyperthermia should avoid? Anything in particular that uh, uh, off the top of your head? Vitamins? <sighs> Anything with a stimulatory effect, I would think. Anything that has caffeine in it. Just look at the the uh, ingredients of it. Anything, of course, any cold medicine that has pseudoephedrine in it or something like that, you'd want to avoid. But as far as the day to day vitamins, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough diagnosis. Sometimes you see that with anesthesia. I don't know how you develop that, but it'd be interesting to kind of do a little research on that. Interesting, Lisa. I'll, right. I'll, I'll read more about that. I, I haven't run across, across a case like that in a long time. So. Um, thank you for that question, Lisa. We'll do a little more uh, of a deep dive and try to figure that out for you. Uh, I want to put this up there because uh, Carter is one of our favorites. Uh, Carter's in the building. Uh, what's going on? We miss you. Uh, Carter says, hey, Ben and Dr. Rogers, after reading today's doctor's note, I have a question. For me being 26 years old, do you recommend 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams of CoQ10? It's a great question. Well, first of all, we'll recommend 100 milligrams. I wouldn't, uh, I mean, 100 milligrams, I wouldn't go less than 100 on CoQ10, really. That's, a, that's the lowest dose I would ever take of that. But I want to give a shout out to Carter, too, for putting up with her twin sister 
all these years, these 26 years. That's a tough one, Carter. So <laughs> you probably do need some CoQ10 just to keep up with her. I mean, you know, uh, you know language and all sometimes. So. Carter, of course, but, is, uh, is, uh, is Katie Gagley's twin, and uh, they, they are our favorites. Uh, we are so happy that they're uh, with us tonight, and Katie's with us uh, every single Tuesday. Uh, so thank you, they guys. They look identical, but their personalities are uh, uh, different. You know, so. <laughs> They're both the greatest. They're both the I'll best. I'll give a shout out to both of them. They are both the best. We really appreciate you guys. And, and Carter, thank you for, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, let's, you know, I want to get, I uh, got to give uh, my grandmother a shout out. Uh, Grandma Mary is here. Thank you so much, Grandma Mary. We love you. I'm going to see you Friday. Uh, we're uh, going to watch the, the play. My brother's in a play in Jonesboro right now called uh, Singing in the Rain. Um, so He's Gene gonna... Kelly. He's part, he plays Gene Kelly. He's, He's got Gene the lead Kelly. role. He's Come Gene out Kelly. and watch it if you can get a ticket. I think they're selling out pretty much, but uh, it was a great show. That uh, is what we're going to be doing this weekend. Saw it last weekend, but yeah. Um, all right, guys. I think we're we're gonna call it a, an evening. I know I'm I'm sure I've missed some, uh, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through uh, the comments that we missed, and I'm gonna make sure they get on next week's show. Uh, but man, I really appreciate you guys hanging out, and I see. Uh, I see um, Mark's question about cannabis with ingrown toenails. I'll get that first up next week, Mark. And uh, I see every, uh, Barbara has a question. I'll make sure I get to that next week as well. Uh, but, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for hanging out. Dr. Rogers, thank you for your time tonight, man. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Guys, we are out. We will be back Tuesday next week uh, at 7 p.m. for the live Q&A show. Until then, we hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.